Conversation. I'm Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Glad you're here today. Yeah. Dad, I want to talk today about leadership, but specifically about how to identify a dangerous or immature leader. And, you know, often I think leaders aren't intent, like it's not that they're so much dangerous as they're just immature, which makes them dangerous. Insecure. Yeah. Their insecurity makes them dangerous. There's a verse in Luke 640 where Jesus, you know, he says, the student is not above the teacher but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher, which is a bit sobering to me because you realize if you're hanging around with a dangerous, immature leader, there's a really good chance you'll pick up some of their bad traits, especially if it's in the younger days of you getting started in ministry. Uh, I'll never forget, we were at this church and uh, we listened to the pastor and this pastor had a very distinct way of speaking. And he would always be like, church, so glad to have you here this morning. Glad you're here. Da, da. And he had this real specific cadence. And I noticed everybody on staff that would come up and do announcements were like identical clones way. of this dude. Yeah. Now, fortunately, this guy was a really good leader, but I thought, wow, what an impact the leader you work under has on you. And so yeah. for, for you, if you're, you're, in, you're in a situation where you've got an option to go work at a place, but you're trying to figure out, is this guy going to be safe? Is this lady going to be yeah. a safe leader? And I know for me, I worked, my first boss um, that I ever worked under, she was a conniver, man. Like she was, she would manipulate. She was a little bit deceptive sometimes. She would yeah. tell you one thing, tell another person. So I, I always kind of vowed to say, first of all, I don't want to ever be that. But man, you could really fall into that quickly if you're an immature leader yourself. Yeah. So Particularly insecure leaders do that a lot. Yeah. So yeah. how do you spot that? I mean, yeah. sometimes it's just, it's too late. You're already in the job. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but at least you know when you're there. Yeah. How do you spot yeah. an immature leader? And then ideally, maybe you always turn it back on you. How do you identify when you're being an immature yeah. or dangerous leader? I, I think there's some good signs. And, you know, Jesus said that about the leader, but also it's very evident. He who walks with a wise girl's wise. You become like those people you mm-hmm. hang around. But a companion, a fool, suffers harm. And, you know, bad company corrupts good character. So even if you're having a good heart and you're going at it good, if you're hanging around with, you know, dysfunctional leadership, you're probably going to become dysfunctional. It's not healthy for you, in other words, you know. They're compromising and saying, well, this is sometimes what you have to do when you're in leadership. Yeah, exactly. Really? (laughs) And you can begin to believe that, you know, if you stick with it long enough. And so, yeah, there are a lot of uh, things you can kind of look for if you're sort of uh, researching a job or a position or something. And I think uh, one of the biggest things would be, uh, how's the other staff? Are there long-term staff? Are there staff, are a lot of staff quitting? Are they quitting at the same time? Are they quitting before? Here's a big one. Are they quitting before they even have another job to go to? They're just so desperate to bail on the ship. I'm out of here. I don't even know what I'm going to do, but it can't be worse than this. That's the classic where the pastor says, Joe's leaving. And then Joe stands up and he's like, well, we're just following the Lord. We don't know what's next. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we're following. (laughs) And maybe he's probably telling the truth-ish, Yeah. you know? Yeah. That's why they say, tell the truth, the whole truth. And nothing but the truth, truth, because the whole truth may not necessarily be the same as just the truth. So, yeah, so what's happening with there? Because here's the deal. They know the insides. They know what's going on, you know, because a lot of things have a nice facade. Which, I mean, you see that with with some churches where it's just like whole crops of staff leave in these waves. It's like, whoa. It's just a revolving door. You know, you come in and some come in and go out. And so I think you can can check with that because they know um, what's going on on the inside. 
and what it's really like on a day to day. Because again, you can put up a pretty nice show on Sunday or whenever the services or whenever the people are there, you know? Yeah. Which, which, uh, we'll probably have to do another podcast about this, but there's the element of loyalty too, where it's like a, a pastor would say, well, it's just, you know, a pastor or a leader would say, well, the people just aren't loyal to the leader anymore. Maybe, yeah. or maybe it's just, you're a really bad leader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and loyalty is another one. Yeah. Like you said, we to need to do a whole thing on that. Is one. loyalty a virtue or is a it vice? A virtue? Yeah. 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 I think another thing is a, a big one is is how people are treated in there in many organizations. And this isn't just churches, but we're, we, of course, that's our background more. Are the people treated like cogs in a wheel mm. or are they treated like people? In other words, Jesus seemed to put the emphasis upon people, not upon uh, projects or upon accomplishing tasks. And so are the people just kind of used up and thrown out. Okay, well, that cog wore out. Pull that cog out, stick another cog in there. You know, we need a third grade Sunday school teacher. Wear that one out, stick it out, stick yeah. it out. So what kind of demands, and, and that's a good word for it, demands are put upon volunteers? And are they honored? Are they respected? Because again, that kind of indicates that I'm here to build my kingdom and you're here to build my kingdom. Yeah. And so we're just going to wear you out to build my kingdom. Which, you know, Jonathan is my brother, your, your son, um, not the, the favorite son. I'm the favorite son. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, he wrote a book. Jonathan wrote a really great book about uh, things that, that uh, churches do to, to really burn out staff. And a lot of it is around staff and, excuse me, and volunteers. It's yeah, called the, yeah. volu- uh, the, the volunteer effect. And comeback he has, effect. Well, he has the volunteer effect is the one specifically about volunteers. Oh, okay, the comeback so, yeah. is the things churches do oh, to drive right. away visitors. Yeah. Part two, part two. Yeah. And uh, sorry, we're doing a butcher job promoting your book, Jonathan. But anyway. <laughs> we just promoted both of them. <laughs> we promoted both of them, yeah. He doesn't need us promoting his books. They're doing quite well on their own. Andy Stanley wrote the forward for one of them. So uh, in, anyways, in the volunteer effect, he has all these horror stories of that where it's like it's a, you're only – Valuable to the church in what you're, if you're driving forward the mission, the, yeah. the the vision and the pastor of the church, which I understand an element of that. But if, if you really literally are only valuable to the church, if you're serving the pastor's mission, um, and, and that's it. I mean, there was an abusive type of leadership back in the seventies and eighties in the church that was kind of driven around that, where it's like, you are to be the armor bearer to the pastor and whatever he says to do, you take it because you're honoring the man of God and that's how God will honor you. Yeah. And there's obviously, again, some value and truth to that, but man, that can be abused really easily. Yeah. Well, it was kind of the deal. I remember one pastor saying that, you know, we we train our interns that, you know, to serve, the way you learn to serve is to wash the pastor's car. He said, (laughs) (laughs) and pick up his laundry. He said, but if you're really following the Jesus style, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. It ought to be the pastor out there washing the intern's car if you really want to follow Jesus' example. And that, I thought, hmm. Wow. Okay, I don't want any interns. (laughs) I got enough trouble keeping my own car clean. (laughs) Man. That's true, but I mean that that is a, there is a, a whole school of thought around which again there is some truth to it, right? But when you're kind of manipulating, which maybe that's probably one, a sign of yeah. manipulation, you're manipulating people with the spiritual rewards and the dangling the carrot in front of them. If if you truly want to be a leader one day, yeah, you will serve me. To- I think part of the difference is is when you are demanding it or manipulating toward it, and whether it's given voluntarily. Mm. Submission, if I'm demanding submission, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. But if I'm a leader, then it's like a husband and wife situation. If the husband has to demand his wife submit, there's probably something wrong with his leadership because a 
a, the average woman is just going to naturally want to follow a man who's a decent, reasonable leader. And, you know, there could be something dysfunctional with her as well. But, but typically, if you're a good leader, people are going to want people to follow, want to follow you. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, which that's a challenge too because what, what I've often seen is that, that leaders who are weak, they're not actually good leaders. What they'll do instead is they'll prey on people who are going to be people pleasing? They somehow know yeah. they'll never say no. They know they can capitalize on this, this you know maybe a lack of boundary in an individual, and so they end up surrounding themselves with yes people, yes men, yes women around them, uh, which I think is another sign of of bad leadership. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you end up. So it's not that you're demanding anything from them. It's that you know that somehow this leader, maybe the yeah. um, narcissist, there's a, some disturbing trends that say that narcissism is a pretty common trait in many leaders, including pastors. Um, so when you see that narcissism, they're actually really good at preying on people's weakness. So if they see someone who's not going to be able to say no to boundaries, uh, yeah. they're, they're going to use those people and bring them into their inner circle and then, you know, give them just enough to where they feel like they're getting some sense of power, but it's really what they're doing is they're using them for their own purposes and again, they'll chew them up and spit them out until they're not served for their purposes. That's I've seen that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Should we name names? Sure. <laughs> Let's start with... No, Moving along. Yeah. You know, another another thing I really see is, uh, uh, and it kind of it kind of ties in with that a little bit, is that they don't lead themselves well. Mm. And, and by that, what I mean is, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to... Well, Proverbs several times says, don't associate with an angry person. Mm. And so if you've got a person who's in leadership who's an angry person, uh, it's not going to deal well because probably they're able to keep it under the surface and keep it under wraps, but um, they, they can do that publicly. But you'll see that come across in sarcasm or criticism, and particularly like toward the staff. We go back to that staff. Why are the staff leaving? Well, maybe they're just not respected. Maybe behind the doors they're criticized and they're um, you know always put down, and it's like, who needs that? You know, And that's a matter of the person's own underlying anger over who knows what, you know, just a lot of people are just seething pools of anger under the surface. And so if they don't manage themselves well in that, they depend more on charisma over, over character. Yeah. You know, I just, I can just, I have this overwhelming uh, uh, personality that can just command the stage and command the room. And so therefore I depend on that versus depending upon character. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of insecure leaders can get by with that, you know, the bluster and the, and, and come across that overpowering the, the personality. The glitz and the smoothness. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those are some ideas, there's several others, you know, that you can idea. So we spent the first half of the podcast, how to mm-hmm. spot a bad leader, but mm-hmm. sometimes you don't get to see that until you're already in the mix. Right. And then you're like, oh my gosh, they're this, this and that. So what are some of the traits of a godly leader, a good leader? that you can identify early on. And I, I mean, the first thing I would go to is Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the spirit is love, yeah. joy, peace. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a thing for me that I've made the mistake before. I've gotten around leaders who are real high intensity and they don't have any peace. Right. But I'm drawn to the high intensity because I like high intensity. Mm-hmm. But man, that, that should be a warning sign right there. If they're never at peace about the way things are, or, and, you know, they never can find a level of contentment, you probably need to be concerned because they're the ones that are going to be just constantly pushing and constantly pushing and driving. pushing. Yeah, there's no peace. There's a forbearance or when you 
uh, patience. For, mm-hmm. I don't know why international version calls it forbearance, but patience, right? <laughs> Kindness, <laughs> goodness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, and then self-control. And those are things that, uh, those are pretty easy to see. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't take long hanging around with a person to, to see what they're like in those responses. And if you had to sum it all up in like in one word, like I'll, I'll tell people, if you, if you only want to work on one character trait, you know, you, you just got, you need 15 of them. And so you go get overwhelmed. But if you just want to work on one, work on humility mm. because humility, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And that l- literally means God pushes the proud away. Well, man, none of us want to be pushed away by God, but he embraces the humble. And so I think if you're looking for a humility in a person, now how do you know they're hum- humble? Because everybody appears humble, right? You know. Well, I, mean, I was going to say that the challenge with that is the paradox of leadership is you have to have some level of confidence to step up and lead. Right. <laughs> so you've got, you know, anybody, that's true. Like that's what I may say. Anybody that writes a book has to have some sort of confidence that they're saying something worth value. So it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, you realize, you know, you a humble leader can understand, I have something to say, but I have something to say because of what God has done in my life. And not just like, oh, it's God, not me. You know, but I mean, sincerely, genuinely believing that is another thing than just going, like I, I know, and most leaders, I, I, I shouldn't say that, many leaders, the humble leaders are ones that have been beat down to the point that they realize, oh my gosh, if anything good comes out of this. <laughs> I mean, look yeah. at your life. Uh, you know, look at my life. Is it? I think we recognize that, yeah, we we have some gifts, but what did we have that wasn't given us? That's what Paul asked. You know, what do we have that wasn't given us? Yeah, and 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 then we developed it, maybe. Yeah, but ultimately, it's it is it that is how God. I be- is that how I became humble? That's yeah. how you became so humble. <laughs> well, you, you inherited most of your humility from <laughs> me. You know, some of it's hereditary, <laughs> it's in right? The DNA, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's I mean that, that is a that is true. You've been I mean we've all been around leaders where you're like, okay, what they're saying right now is like pure platitudes, and then you've been around other you know just like the right thing to say. Yeah, and then you've yeah. been around oh, people are like, God. whoa, like they're serious. Yeah. Like, that's, there's not just saying the right words. Like there's a depth behind it. And now that's, that's hard because some people are a little more intuitive than others. And for example, for me, I kind of have this intuitive thing and Emily's always like, how did you see that coming so yeah. early? I'm like, well, intuitive, in, you know, in the Myers-Briggs, there's the intuitive versus the sensing. Intuitive people kind of look for patterns. Um, so they see something like last time that happened, this happened, that happened. Warning light. Yeah. Brr, brr, yeah. brr, brr. Uh, whereas now, unfortunately, uh, us intuitives, when we get it wrong, we get it really wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> so well as you know, I'm on the more of the sensing. You're side. on the sensing. You I just deal with what is from the perspective of this that his his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Well, that scriptures talks about that where the sons of God. But there, I used to there would be something just in me. It'd be like I now know it was the Holy Spirit just going. Eh, caution, watch out, be careful. And I was just put it down. I go, yeah, ah, it's just me. I just, you know, because it wasn't, there was no identifiable reason for it. There was yeah. just something in my heart going, watch out. Yeah. And I used to just think, ah, it's just me being judgmental. So, so you're something. saying even people that aren't necessarily super intuitive, they kind of just deal with things as they are. Yeah. There is the gift of the Holy Spirit to guide you in watching it. Like there's something to watch out for. It doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't work with that person. Exactly. That rem- just- that- be on your guard, maybe. That reminds me, uh, the first time I met this this one very prominent leader, um, I shook his hand and I'm like, whoa, this guy has- uh, some A very, blue aura. No, he has some very uh, <laughs> effeminate traits. And um, and everybody's like, I, I said that to somebody, I'm like, he's got a lot of effeminate. They're like, why would, why would you say that at the, the man of God? And do you uh-huh. know who he is? I'm like, yeah, I know who he is. I'm just saying he has that. And then like 
like a year later it came out, there was this like weird, bizarre uh, gay sex scandal with this guy. And I'm like, how did people miss that? But you can, I, I think when you get wrapped up in the aura of somebody's position, it is easy to miss it. Even the Holy Spirit's maybe saying to you, yeah. you know, that's, and you know, He's a, he's a wonderful human being. He's an amazing pastor. It's an amazing things. But I sensed that glitch in his or glitch. What do you call that? Uh, the, the the hole in his armor, right? Uh-huh. That that chink chink weak uh-huh. spot there. Uh-huh. And but you, it's easy to brush that away. Yeah. And so you get around a leader who's very charismatic. Everybody's worshiping this the, the ground. This one, somebody's successful. Uh, they've done a lot. They've accomplished a lot. They've done a lot of good things. And it's easy to get swept up in that and miss that little warning that says, "Watch out for that." Yeah. Watch out for that person. Yeah. And and I don't know, you know, because that's kind of a weird thing because I also know people who go, well, my spiritual gift is discerning a spirit. So I can tell there's something wrong with him and something wrong with him. Well, and there's the, something wrong with all of us. Yeah, Good I know. job, buddy. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. wow, that's a real great gift you yeah. have there. You can point out the fact that, this, you know, any pagan could tell you the same thing. That there's guy's problems got in the some church. flaws. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, But spe- very specific things to watch out for. Yeah. 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 So I do think we do need to listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, come on. He's there to guide us into all all truth truth and to help us with these things. And so, but my tendency early on was just, and I think there kind of needs to be a balance for my tendency early on to say, oh, I'm just being judgmental or, oh, there's something in me that's causing me to react to something in him. And so it's my problem. And, um, and maybe that's even the best approach to have that idea. It's probably my fault, but I'm still going to keep up a little guard, not a guard. I'm still going to watch. Be, be, um, Wise. Yeah. yeah. You know, Jesus said this. It's interesting. He, it, well, he didn't say it, but it says um, there were people coming to him. They're all excited about the miracles. Yeah. And he said he didn't commit himself to them. Now, it doesn't say he didn't commit himself to anybody, but those that came because of the miracles, it says he didn't commit himself to them because he knew what's in all men's hearts. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we keep in mind that all of us are flawed so even that God who's standing up there and healing the masses and fires flashing from his fingertips, you know, if we keep in mind that, yeah, I, I, I can't look to him because he's like the rest of us. He's got problems. That, that verse, I hadn't even thought of this until just now, but it triggered something in my mind. That verse you quoted John two twenty four, but Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to those who were like, woo, wild by the miracles. Mm-hmm. It says, because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty, like you're always going to work for flawed leaders. Right. And that's just the bottom line. And you're going to be a flawed follower. And there's no way of to, not, to get around the hurt that's going to be done by them. So there is an element of, if you're trying to avoid being around all flawed leaders, you're, that's impossible. Well, and the other thing is, you know what? It, it comes back to that same old thing obedience. Mm-hmm. If the Lord says you're to go there, count the cost and obey. Yeah. Take you the know? job. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And because you may need that wounding, you know, you may need, that may be the thing that becomes your life message, the healing that comes out of that. I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but, yeah. but a lot of times, well, it's like the old, uh, John Wimber quote, you know, I don't trust a man who doesn't walk with a limp. Yeah. You know, we've all, if you're going to be in ministry and really, if you're going to be following the Lord full blast, full bore, you're going to get wounded. Yeah. But out of that wounding, God brings wonderful things. And he, may the God of all comfort comfort you in all your afflictions so that you can comfort others with the comfort you've received, which is just a fancy way of saying what happens to you is going to be a life message that you can minister to other people with. And, and, and sometimes 
the most important thing you can learn from a bad leader around you is what not, what to, not do. to do. And I think we all yeah. at some point, we have to work under some bad leadership to realize yeah. when we're around good leadership. And then when we're called to leadership to step up, yeah. uh, we know, man, that's something to avoid right there. Let's not do it that way. Yeah. There, you know, but the great thing is, you know, every, every nobody is all, nobody is all irredeemable, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's good things you can learn from them, but you eat the fish yeah. You spit out the bones. You take what you can from that leader, but then you you recognize the flaws and mm-hmm. and do your best to avoid that in your life. Because remember, when the student is fully trained, it'll be just like his teacher. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast.